Our scripture lesson from today comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. Um, I am excited to be able to bring the message today. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Chad Stewart. I'm the associate pastor here at Vineyard Springbrook. And before I get started today, I just want to say a few things. I want to remind us that our God is good. Our God is still reigning and still in control. Um, his mercy today is pouring out upon the church and our communities. And that mercy that he's pouring out is new every single morning. I don't know about you guys, but during the time we're in right now, I need to remind myself of that. I am emotionally drained over the last few weeks. The chaos in and around us has been loud and overwhelming. Blood is literally being poured out in the streets. The voice of the marginalized, our black and brown brothers and sisters are crying for justice. And everyone has an opinion. And my prayers have been, God, what do you have to say? What is your heart for the world in this moment? And in my position as a church leader, what do you have to say to us? What is your heart and purpose for Vineyard Springbrook? Um, and just reflecting with the Lord this week, I feel like the Lord led me back to Acts 2 where we were last week. Lindsay preached last week on Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit was poured out on a group of unlikely believers in an upper room. Not the religious elite, but ex-fishermen, tax collectors, men and women. People who then took that outpouring of, the outpouring of the Spirit, people who took the church where it has always signed the best, not behind the four walls of the building, but the streets where Holy Spirit was poured out on people of all gender and ethnicities, where the kingdom of God confronts the kingdom of darkness. The early church was charged with the commission to go to the nations. Um, the command of the great commission was to multiply, to bring people into the kingdom of God, to take the culture of the kingdom into the streets, to contaminate the culture of this world. And these followers of the way looked around and wondered, how do we do that now? Jesus is gone. But how do we do that? How do we take this message to the nations and our communities? And we see what they came up with in Acts 2, uh, verses 42 through 47 that Aaron read for us. Their main plan was this thing called fellowship. Look at the word together and see how many times that it's in Acts 2 in those verses. That's a big deal. This, the plan was this thing called community. They just didn't create community. They created a family. And guys, that was key. I think we would all agree that there's a big difference between having a kid and shouldering a family, right? To develop family, it takes choice, love, 
commitment, sacrifice, and something we are going to touch on a lot today, honor. It's true that you can reproduce a kid and not even be a parent, but to reproduce a family, you have to be a parent and then some. To reproduce a family, it is hard to say what is not involved. You have to sacrifice a lot. You have to love a lot. You have to forgive a lot. You can reproduce individuals or you can reproduce families of love. You can reproduce communities. Here is a truism in life. Individuals can usually only reproduce individuals, but only communities can reproduce communities. Only family can reproduce families because the skills, experience, and the virtues of building the family and doing community are developed within those structures. There is nothing quite like community. It develops values in you and requires stuff of you that no other experience does. So that as it turns out, it leads to multiplication. It leads to growth. And that can create another family and another family and another. It can allow you then to gather in and develop others. We could talk about this forever, right? But I think you guys get the point. So it makes sense that this would be the plan of the early church and also God's plan to bring his kingdom to every community because the skill of changing masses of people, of bringing the culture of heaven into the culture of the world is community, the church. There are a lot of values about community and the life of faith to look at, but because of the chaos in the world, I wanna look at the one that is most urgent. It's the one that Lindsay and I have spent time talking about and it has wrecked our lives. It has wrecked the way that we lead Vineyard Springbrook. In my own marriage with Christy, it has changed the way that we respond to one another and we look to incorporate this value in everything that we do. Um, in our life groups that we launched back at the first of the year, this was a main value in which we asked our life group leaders to build and, bu and to build a culture of in our church. And that value is honor. Honor means to glory in, to promote, to elevate another status, to give prestige to a person. Author and pastor Blake Healy says, honor is seeing the glory of God in someone and responding to that glory. Honor is, in many ways, the practical application of love. Now, real quick, honors does not mean that you must agree with everyone and approve of everything that everyone says and does. The Bible tells us to honor our mother, mother and fathers. It does not say to honor them if they are godly or if they are kind to us. It simply says honor them. Honor does not mean that you cannot disagree with someone, but it does determine the way that's, that we handle disagreement and differences. Do we have that? Does, I hope that makes sense to you guys. And moving on, the culture of heaven, the kingdom of God is filled with honor. In fact, Hebrews verses, and chapter two, verses six through eight says, but there is a place where someone has testified, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? a son of man, that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. Now, I want you to get that, so I want to repeat it. In verse 7, it says that God crowns us with glory and honor. In the church, we have always been afraid that we were going to steal God's glory or honor. In fact, I remember prior to the vineyard when someone would say, 
when, when someone would say something to me about me having a good message or doing a good job, I would do that thing that Christians do. I'd be like, ah, it wasn't me. It was all God. Any of you have recognized that response at all? We have thought that this is the right response because to do differently would be to take God's glory. Now, as I look back on that period in my life, I say if that message was really all God, it should have been a lot better. It should have been a lot better than what it was. And I mean, way, way, way more good. God shares his honor and glory with us. And I don't know about you, but that is humbling. Honestly, to believe I can take anything from God, especially his honor and glory, seems a bit prideful to me. To believe we have the power is like building the Tower of Babel, believing that we can get to heaven. It just doesn't work out in the end for us. It's humbling to know that I don't have to strive for it. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to be jealous of anyone because God has made all men in his image, forming us from the dust. He created us and has given us honor. Honor today is prescribed over your life. The fact that God sent his own son to die for our sins so that we would become the righteousness of God shows how far God was willing to go to honor the image of himself that he put on all people. That is good, guys, because that's the gospel. That's what we believe. And because God has given us honor and that value permeates the kingdom of heaven, we are commanded as the church to honor all people. 1 Peter 2.17 says to honor all people. Why all people? Because God gives honor to all, all people. Who is included in all people? Good question. I think it means all people. The qualified and the unqualified. Those who you think deserve it and those who you think don't deserve it. Honor says, I'm not going to let the things you have done affect the way I treat or view you. Like how Jesus treats and pursues us. Honoring all people means when there is a group of all the people that is not being honored, we call it out and come alongside them. Like the world is doing with Black Lives Matter. That's what honor does. It honors and champions the voice of the marginalized, making sure no one is left without worth or value that God has put on their life. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 through 22 through 23 says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is the community of Jesus filling the world. This is God's plan. God is calling his church to rise up, filled with the culture of heaven, filled with the culture of honor, to spread it to everyone, every day, everywhere, and in every way. Listen to me, church. God is not looking to the White House, our election coming up, or our certain political party to give honor that is lacking in our world. They don't have that mandate. We do. God is calling his church, the one who has been called to carry his kingdom, to repent. Especially the predominantly white church that has been silent and inactive in the face of systemic and institutional oppression in our country which has failed to honor the lives of our African-American brothers and sisters. To name a few, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, and I can name many others. The end of racism is just not going to come through prayer and a sovereign move of God, a sovereign move of God alone. 
It's going to come through a sovereign move of God's spirit in God's people, God's community, who are going to honor, protect, and sacrifice whatever they have to see our African-American brothers and sisters restored and released from the demonic stronghold of racism. It's going to take us using our platforms to allow black women and men to educate us on that which we have not experienced and do not know. They abhor our ignorance and indifference in this country for too long. They abhor our ignorance and indifference in the body of Christ for too long. Now is not the time to stop. Now is not the time to just post a few things on social media and forget about it in a few months from now. We have learned protest and calling out sin of racism is good, but it hasn't yet got us to where we need to be. We need to keep on advocating and championing this cause until unjust systems are rebuilt. Now is the time to take the steps to build structures in our own churches, our homes, our workplaces, and in our world to see racism undone. And may God have mercy on our souls if this is just a one-month movement that falls through the cracks again. I like what Vineyard Pastor Alan Scott recently said. He said this, Don't you long for a move of God that is bigger than getting bigger services? Don't you long for a move of the Holy Spirit of God that will come with fire and flood not only our service, but the streets? Don't you long that the victim of domestic violence and the perpetrator of domestic violence will be swept into the kingdom of God? Don't you long when the church of Jesus Christ authentically reclaims her voice in the culture and is not beholden to any political party, but speaks for the living God? Vineyard Springbrook, I long to see that. And I believe God is on the move. I believe God is pouring his spirit out upon his church and upon the world at this time. How do we as a church plan uh, to respond to this move of God? and to the social injustices of our black and brown brothers and sisters, one way amongst many others is to start by building and learning honor. My prayer is that we as a church, Vineyard Springbrook, will learn to honor well and take that to the world. Because honor protects and perpetuates the glory of God in ourselves and in others. And it paves the way for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It signs the light and finds the gold in the darkest places. It leads us to joining God and the renewal of all things. So guys, at the end here at every service, what we do is we just to take a moment, we call it Selah, where we pose, where, sorry, where we pause and we listen for God. And I want to take a moment because I said some heavy things today. I said some things that we just don't need to skip over. And what we need to do is pause for a moment and see what the living God is speaking to our hearts, to open our hearts completely unto him and to let him rule and reign in our hearts and to speak truth to us. We need to ask God if we haven't honored people like we should and see what God wants to say to that, see what God wants to do. And what we need God to do is to reposition our lives so that we can bring honor to everyone, every day, every well. So I'm going to take a moment. We're going to pause. We're going to listen to God. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And after a short pause, I want to pray for us. So let's do that moment now. Holy Spirit, come.
Father, we need you. As a nation, we need you. As a world, we need you. So, Father, we pray for your kingdom to come. And, Father, our ears and our hearts are open to ask, Father, what is it that you're asking from us in our communities, in our workplace, in our lives, and in our church? Father, we hear the cries. We see the injustice. And, Father, we commit our lives to following you to see this undone. Father, we thank you for the love and the honor that you give to all people. Father, we thank you for the love and the honor that you give to us today. That, Father, you don't speak over us that, Lord, that we're we're dishonorable or that we're mess-ups. But, Father, you give us your honor and glory and you delight in us. So, Father, I pray right now in our living rooms that you would come, Father, that you would come and speak to us your joy in us. That, Father, that you would come, Lord, and speak to our hearts, Lord, and give us life for the moments that we're about to endure in the world. And, Jesus, we love you and thank you. And the glory and honor we give to you that, that you have given us, Father, right now, Father, we give back to you. And we thank you, Father, for all that you've done. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.